Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. We are so excited to bring you a conversation that we had with Drew Szynski. He is a martial artist, he's a philosopher, and in his own words, a lifelong wanderer. He is on a journey toward enlightenment in really cool, refreshing ways. And I think energy, you'll pick up on it really quickly, I think energy is uh, the appropriate word. In addition to his own competitive career, he's a private coach for MMA, and he's what's called a routine regiment coach for those interested in weight loss, muscle gain, and overall healthy lifestyle. He's coached MMA, nutrition. He's been doing that for about a decade across three different countries. His most recent professional MMA fight, we get into it in the podcast, but that was over in Japan, and in 2014, he was what's called, this is pretty intense, the Neo Blood Tournament Lightweight Champion. I'd say Drew really epitomizes the balance that we talk about so frequently of toughness and kindness. The guy is tough as nails. He's a professional fighter, but he would also give you the shirt off his back. He's just as, as kind and as thoughtful as can be. So I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Drew Szynski. We're going to have him back on, so it won't be the last. And we could not be more excited to have him as part of the Good Athlete Project family. Today's episode brought to you by Test Prep MVP. That is a specific initiative of what's called Exercise MVP. Test Prep MVP is a way of using exercise to stimulate an incredibly powerful neurological state so that attention and retention during a study session improves. This is actually an initiative of the Good Athlete Project based on tons of research and proven out countless times. The last time we ran ACT study prep sessions in Chicago, we saw a 3.3 point increase on ACT math exams. Just in case you're not familiar, the ACT is out of 36. We're moving scores 3.3 points on average. Those are outcomes that just can't be matched. Now, to learn more about how it is, how it works, and what we do, reach out to us either at Exercise MVP on social media or at Good Athlete Project and of course GoodAthleteProject.com. Um, so where were we? We were talking about philosophy. philosophy. We're going to get into your bio. We're going to talk about uh, your athletic background, all that stuff. But I feel, nice. we were just talking about Calvin and Hobbes from like through the filter of the tradition of philosophy. Yeah. How did you get to that point? Like, how, so what makes it so exciting? For no, you? it's this is it literally. It's so funny. It's like, what makes Calvin and Hobbes so exciting for you? For one, it's the best bathroom book there is, bro. If you Ooh, don't, I if like you that. don't, That's a good if point. you are not sitting on the toilet reading Calvin and Hobbes, you're missing out on some of the greatest artwork of all time, including some of the best meaning in any sort of comic. But I'll tell you, for philosophy, from me, literally, it was me growing up being a whack job. I hmm. grew up like. My mom always talked about this. She'd be like, um, my dad would come in. My dad's 100% Polish, right? 100% Polish. Didn't come didn't from, come from the old country. Parents were 100% Polish, came over here. And he'd just be like, Andrew, clean your room. And I'd sit there and I'd look at him and I'd look at my room and I'd be like, why? Eight or nine. Now, this, this was literally could be like any other kid just being like, I don't want to fucking do this. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this. But my mom was like, Bobby, before you, you yell at him, just explain why. And then my dad would be like, Keeping your room clean is a better way to live a disciplined life. And he's, it's like he's, he was the past life Jocko Willink. He's coming in with clean your room, make your bed, wake up at 4.30 in the morning, Andrew. All this other stuff. He's just like, it, it's a clean thing. It, may, it makes you feel comfortable in there. And I was just like, oh, okay. And I still didn't clean my room, mind you. But what it did, what it did was my mom would be like, do you see what happens if you actually use 
reason and it's a great that our kids inquisitive i don't want our kid being robots my brother and i both had that upbringing as our parents would explain stuff to us so we wouldn't have to like want to experiment with it or like push the boundary we'd know why and we'd talk about it so there was so much open communication with me growing up and dude from playing like video games and japanese rpgs and like reading comic books I was just so into deep thought, trying to think, especially about shit that at the time when you're a kid that you think matters. Right. And then as you get older, you're like, well, that's a lot of wasted thought. (laughs) I could have been thinking about other stuff. But uh, then I got into like metaphysics and I had the the realization that most people do. I hope most people do, uh, whether you be theist, deist, agnostic or atheist, but actually having a metaphysical um, query of is God real? Is what I be- is God not real? Is what was what am I believing in? Is it is it what I truly believe, or has it been pushed on me? Thinking about that, then that went to ethics. And so when I went to college, I sat down with my guidance counselor, and she goes, "I went to Eastern." She's like, uh, "So what do you want to what do you want to major?" In? And I was like, "Philosophy." She's like, "Perfect. Okay. Do you, do you want to be a lawyer?" It's like, "No." She goes, "Oh, okay. Do you want to?" take this and then try to be a philosophy professor. We have great program for that. I was like, no. She goes, okay, uh, why do you want to be a philosophy major? I'm like, honestly, it just makes me happier. Mm -hmm. And I feel that mindset on anything that you learn, if it improves your life, if it makes you happy, if it gives you drive, purpose, passion, Mm. pursue it for that principle alone. Don't think about it as some, I mean, it's great if it can give you the dollar. That's fine because God knows I need it, right? But I am telling you right now that if there is something that grips you and in your moments of being alone or secluded, it is what you cannot put away, that is the thing you should pursue. And you should pursue it to the best of your ability. So for me, clearly, it was Calvin and Hobbes. That's how I ended it. No, it was, it was philosophy. And uh, yeah, it was a great time, man. It's really good. Four years of fun for me. Well, I think that's a really good opening to this. I'll, I'll share a little bit with you because we're going to kind of get to know each other over the course of the podcast too. You come highly recommended by a mutual friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, the what I would say, a little bit of my background, just so we get to the same page quickly, is I was a studio art major in undergrad. Okay. I went in, um, I went in as studio art. I transitioned to uh, Spanish. Mm-hmm. But uh, psychology was an interest of mine. Philosophy was an interest of mine. All these things were of interest to me. And I kind of figured that studio art was my road to being able to pursue all of them at the same time. That I could incorporate philosophical ideas, uh, concepts within psychology. Um, there are literally, there's writing and language in the paintings and the works that I do. But, but similar to you, it's like um, I... It was so big and rangy, yeah. and when I say it, I'm talking about like my own set of interests yeah, yeah. that I that I didn't want to funnel too early. And I think right off the bat, we've jumped into a an important message for people because oh, sure. I think when you were 18, yeah, yeah, new just away to college for the first time, yeah, uh, you recognized that your passion. Your, your interest, mm. what we say, the work you were willing to do mm, mm. was thinking deeply about your life and the things around you. That feels like a pretty damn good place to start. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? For, for me, it was. But at the same time, you know, man, I was still having trouble tying my shoes. As I put it that way, it's like, you know, most people wanted a, a business, a family, mm-hmm. kids, the white, you know, the white pick fence, the American dream. So most people want for me, I was like, ye gods man i want to travel or like i want to be real i always say this because it's legitimately the best compliment anybody ever gave me and i mean this thoroughly uh they they posted on my facebook 
it was a picture of Ryu from Street Fighter. If there's mm-hmm. any nerds out there that know what I'm talking about, it's this dude that travels the world and fights, and you have to be a nerd, you know what I mean, or at least know what Street Fighter is. And he goes, this is you. And the picture said something like, um, quit your job, travel the world, study martial arts, live with passion, die happy. And mm-hmm. I was like, man. Like, that's all I wanted when I was a kid growing up was like, I don't, I, didn't, I never wanted like, and I had a wonderful family, mom and dad, but like, I, and brother, but I, all I wanted to do was live this life that I thought could be an adventure. And mm. it was very naive, but at the same time, it has led me to some of the most hilariously, uh, mem- like memory, the most hilarious memories I can think of that might, might give some wisdom, but more importantly, it was a good time. Yeah, it was entertaining, and I met a lot of lovely people, and sure. I learned I learned how kind people can be, which is just a wonderful thing to have. I wanted to say about you, though, Brad, because yeah. you guys both were kind enough to have me on this podcast, which I can't thank you enough about. We're but I, I, dude, what you said about your art and how you put philosophy into it, right? Like you have to go on about that though, because I'm now I'm hooked. What could you give me example? Like what drove to that? What was hmm. one picture to you right now? What's one hmm. work of art that you consistently think of? That's like, this is not your masterpiece, obviously, because you got a lot more years in you, but I'm talking about something that continuously comes to your mind. Like if I could reflect myself hmm. in a piece, it is this, and it is because this reason. I love that. So first of all, Welcome to the podcast, yeah. me. Sorry, <laughs> dude, I'm hooked. It's like such this. an interesting no. thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that question. I'm really interested in that question, and I sort of have a philosophy behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually am pretty excited about the most recent thing I've done, necessarily so, um, or perhaps obviously so. I, I could never commit to that, okay. and I am, I am fully committed to the idea that it's sort of like a body of work mm. that is the masterpiece. Mm, mm. And like, so for example, I, like I'll publish poems. My, actually my first graduate degree was in creative writing. My focus was poetry. Oh, well. um, and, and poems uh, get published individually. You can okay. publish a poem in like a literary journal or whatever. But I don't think any of them tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, not one single poem could stand for um, like a set of work. It yeah, could stand yeah, for yeah, my yeah. poetry. But a short collection would say something a little quicker. I worry, and, I, and I'm, I'm okay. You gave me the stage, so I'm gonna take it. Dude, take so, it. All right, run so with it, bro. I, I don't think art it, art is not a meme, and I'm really hesitant to that. I think um, like our, our brain is pattern seeking. We want a little bit of digestible information, and then we have this bad habit of sort of copy paste it to whichever situation we might come across. Mm-hmm. Um, I think art says something a little deeper. Mm-hmm more meaningful mm. and um, inherit to the form says something that can't be relayed in any other way but itself. Mm. Meaning you can't, the best explanation of a painting mm. would still fall way short of the painting. Mm. Same with a poem or whatever it might be. Mm. Mm. So to get back to your question, uh, I think it is a full body of work. Okay. It is maybe a series of paintings that would finally get to the point I was trying to make if that's even possible. Or I would sort of exhaust the um, the sort of philosophical thought line that I was going down in the creation of these things. And what I, here's what I think, you know, Nelson Algren. I don't heard that name. Okay. No, he is a, he's one of the most famous Chicago writers. Okay. Uh, Not super famous. He published uh, man with the golden arm is probably his most famous um, uh, book, which was turned into a movie. Chicago city on the make was sort of an epic poem. It's in book form that he wrote. Uh, But, but he used to come back to that all the time. Mm. 
And it was like, you know, not one page, not one sentence, not one even book yeah, yeah. can stand for my artistic expression. It, it's, it's a moment in time. And like you say, I'm going to, I'll chase that moment. Mm. I'll sort of circle that thought mm. and chase it to the end of, you know, wherever that thought stops. Mm. Um, but then the next book says something too. And these things are complimentary. I see. So like when I talk about art. Yeah. I don't, dude, I'm going all over the place. No, I'm brother, saying, it's, it's perfect. It, it, it is because it's a body of work. Yeah. And I don't think there's any shortcutting that. Mm. Uh, I think Picasso would be pissed mm. if it was like man with blue, blue man with guitar or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah. If people said that that was Picasso, he'd be like, no, that's bullshit. He painted like 100,000 paintings. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. incredibly prolific. Mm. And it, that is what Picasso was. I see. Not one single moment. I see. Is that fair? No, that is fair, man. And I, I would have loved it if you were just like, well, there's this one time that I drew this girl and she had just great big breasts. And I did right. that's that's what I'm trying to show people is that picture. No, that would do that I was beautiful. Sh- and that would I will say this, how you put uh capturing the moment, chasing it to its fruition, it reminded mm-hmm. me in a poetic sense of uh the purpose of haiku. Mm-hmm. It's capture a moment. Doesn't I have write to a little be haiku very, too. You gotta keep going. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to be doesn't have to be um, elegant. It doesn't have to be like a, uh, a death haiku. I love reading um, Japanese daimyo, uh, daimyo's uh, death haikus or their death poetry. It's actually really moving to me. But um, what I enjoy about it could just be a frog jumping on a lily that mm-hmm. just caught you. And you're yeah. like, yeah, this is exactly what I want to talk about right now because it's triggering something in me and I think I can create something beautiful off this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question to you is why did the muses speak to you? What hmm. made you want to be a poet? Dude, I, so I'm like you, I think. Yeah. I, I don't think I just ever decided to be a poet. I just, I or an artist or anything like that, yeah. or an athlete for that matter. I just think I did stuff, and I was super lucky to have really supportive parents that didn't stop me from doing things. Yeah, man. Does that make sense? That I, does I, make sense. Is it the same kind of for you? Absolutely, brother. I've I've, I've said this many a time. Uh, of all the laurels that I've gained in my life, which are very few. Uh, all of them have been because I've had just the best of people in yeah. my life. I got so lucky. I have no idea. If karma exists in a way that I was reincarnated, I must have done some good shit before because like, yeah. I, have, I have such a wonderful family, such a wonderful group of friends. And um, I think it's that that has shaped my perception on people as being hmm. good. I like I really... Which kind of contradicts what Hobbes was saying earlier, right? But no, uh, I, I really believe people are decent and... Uh, I don't know if travel is what like just hooked it in, but I really, and that's why I love working with clients and like people. Yeah. Uh, it, I really believe that people strive to be better and that mm. they, one of the worst things I think people, and now I'm going all over the place, but one of the worst things I think people can believe um, is not in the, not in the evil of people. I think people, if people believe that you cannot change, Hmm. Okay. That is yeah. something that totally I agree. consistently battled against on the trauma that some of my clients have gone through or the mindset that they have that they think that this is simply them. And hmm. because others' perceptions over the decades of their life has solidified this image, right. they're not allowed to change and nothing could be further from the truth. And um, yeah, man, like that's, I, I think art is uh, about knowing oneself and expressing what you find. And yeah. uh, I think that is 100%. a great thing because like you just constantly learn more about yourself. You know what? You just, you just shed a really interesting bit of light on the comment I think I was trying to make, which was uh, that growth, yeah. that concept of yeah, growth yeah. is so deeply embedded into who I am yeah. that I think that's why I make the comments on art that I do. Yeah. Meaning like I don't think that that painting, mm-hmm. boom, that was the one. 
Yeah. I think there's an improvement to be made next time. And, and right. you know, there's there's a, a different avenue to go down. So it's a constant evolution. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. right. That's really interesting. Well, I want to get more into your bio. I want to hear about the travel. I want to hear about the um, martial arts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I have to make one comment on haiku before we go. And we can even return to it. No, for sure. Um, Basho, you know this yes, name? Yes, I do. He had this... Um, he had this quote that actually influenced a full show that I did, a book that I wrote, and sort of the way that I see the world. And it was... Good Lord, slow right. that down. Did you just say you wrote a book, wrote a show? I wrote a book. Uh, I had a show. I had an art show at um, uh, one of the libraries when I was in grad school. So wow. Like art, uh, book, poetry reading on the day of the event, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I do that kind of stuff all the time. We'll have to talk all the time? About- Bro, where's uh, the invite? Semi-regularly. <laughs> well, you've got it. You, it, it this is unbelievable. It. Go ahead, so, man. Uh, but it, it, uh, the show was called Colors of Mind. And uh, the sentiment from Basho was essentially that he would um, – the art of writing haiku mm. was not in syllable count. Obviously, it's a character-driven language, mm-hmm. so the syllable thing isn't mm. even – but it wasn't even in the writing of the haiku necessarily. It was in the way that you colored your mind mm. to see the world. So he would spend all of his time coloring his mind mm. uh, a certain way and then just go out and look. So when you go into, like you mentioned, the frog in the pond, mm, when you mm. go, when you arrive at the edge of the pond, mm. the work is done, mm. and then you just observe mm. and you write it down. Like you know, coloring your mind—that's the skill. Uh, and then seeing is the sort of the secondary skill, and the application of those things combined um, is some sort of written language to be shared. And that moment is haiku. That's the way he saw it, at least. Um, Anyway, so I, I far more eloquent that. than I put it. So thank you. That is that's way better. No, I think it's, I just think it's a cool idea, and and I think it's um, to your point though, and and with your work, it's not necessarily it, people get too obsessed with um, with outcome, mm. and, and, and it's funny. It's like it's so true uh, that it sounds like a cliche, mm. but it's definitely mm. process over product. But the trick is, if you if you cultivate a really thoughtful process, you get good product. You know what I mean? So cultivating the filter, cultivating uh, the colors of one's mind, uh, that was what he was after. I really enjoy that term, cultivating the color of one's mind. I can't wait to drop that when I'm drunk on somebody and they're going to ask me to explain. I'm going to text you. I'm like, bro, I need help. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Basho. It was Basho. Gosh, damn it. (laughs) They're going to love it. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Best... um, Best discussed at about 2 a.m. So yeah, right. The uh, <laughs> when I go to Japan, bro, I'm gonna send you somehow. I'm gonna get something of that poet and send it to you. I yeah. would, I would go nuts for that. It's gonna be in January. I'm going. Uh, well, why don't we use that as an entry to the rest of your life? <laughs> go ahead, bro. Why are you going to Japan? Uh, tell us a little bit about your life, martial arts, travel. Oh man, dog, that's a all of it. Question right there. Uh, okay, so uh, I kind of dropped this earlier. I said that. Uh, Martial arts to me has become officially over my life, basically my religion. Mm. So um, I do practice a religion actually. However, what I'm saying is my lifestyle is far more regimented by the mindset and discipline of cultivating an expression of combat. That would be something that would be something that betters me. It makes me kinder. It makes me stronger. And in that strength, I can use that to help people. I can have confidence because I know people can't hurt me. Uh, and that sounds arrogant. I totally understand that. But when mm. you have fought or um, – and this could be boxing, Muay Thai, Judo, um, Jiu-Jitsu, of course, which I, I, I very much in love with. Um, if you do all these sport, combat sports, you start to realize that when you meet most people, 
they actually don't really know how to fight the mechanics mm-hmm. of such things. Sure. Uh, but to take that system of I have two fists and two shins and two feet, but we all have this, as, long, as Bruce said, as long as we all have two arms and two legs, we'll all fight essentially the same. To take this little system, these mechanics, hmm. and then use it to make myself better, which is just a huge contradiction. It's supposed to be used for violence, which is probably the worst thing humans can do to each other. And yet yeah. being assured in your strength allows you to be a better person, mm-hmm. allows you to communicate to people without fear and just betters you in spirit. Because telling you this, man, getting jacked in the face is an experience. I'm telling you. And you do Humbling. that consistently, getting choked, getting your arm ripped up. It, it, it um, strengthens you as, as uh, disappointing that I have to use, uh, I think was, uh, I have to use Mao's quote. I really love it. It's uh, savage the body, calm the mind. Mm-hmm. It really does lead to me believing that by everyday rituals, everyday routine of practicing martial arts, it makes me more optimal of a person, of a human being to mm. the people that need me, my friends, my family, and innocents or people that I can find that I could help with. And that mindset, as romantic as it may sound, um, and once again, I use this word and it's not, um, I'm not trying to, to uh, I always say this word wrong, self-deprecating, mm-hmm. but um, I think I got it right that time, Jake. That was good. That was really good. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not trying to, but I use is naive. I understand how people like they they think it's like a karate kid kind of thing to be like, oh, learn this, get a black belt, you know, say it. Sure. I live. No, I'm all about that. Bring it. If this makes you feel like you can go forward and go into a room and be friendlier to people because you're not afraid somebody's gonna flex on you and hurt you. If you can be yourself without worrying about physical harm. Mm -hmm. And you can be a better person. You can be friendlier. I assure you, when people walk into a room and believe in themselves and believe what they stand for and more importantly know themselves to be capable mm-hmm. of defending themselves and other people that puts such a pressure off you yeah. and just you're like oh man i feel i feel good i feel safe and mm-hmm. that safety we're talking about japan bro like bar in chicago tons of tons of times there's going to be encounters of people mm-hmm. talking shit people pushing you people you know whatever japan nothing Nothing. No, dude. Nothing. It's always been safe. How often do you go there? I was there for the first time I was there for 13 months. um, And I did it to pursue martial arts. Originally, it was judo. Uh, I went over there because I was like, you know what? I was just at uh, Eastern Illinois. Matt Hughes used to be the coach. He was not the coach when I was there, but there was a big MMA community there, right? Sure. So this one dude threw me with uh, Sayonage when we were sparring and rolling and I was learning grappling. Like I used to wrestle when I was 13, but this was more obviously combat grappling, right? He threw me over the shoulder, right? Which by the way, ironically enough, is reused throwing Street Fighter. Anyway, threw me over <laughs> the shoulder, got spiked on the mat and I looked up, I go, what did you just throw me with? He's like, oh man, it's judo. I'm a black belt on that. And I was like, Going to Japan, boys. Yeah. I'll see you later. I, like, I was like, out. I want. I, it spoke to me right there. I was like, Hey, man, that's uh, that's an adventure. And as my friend uh, Poxy is one, of, he's like a brother to me. He has a great mindset. He's like, Yeah, that'd make a good story. Make your life a story, right? So he's like, That'd be a good story. Go to Japan. Make an adventure out of it. So I went there and I joined a gym, and it actually ended up believe it or not, being an MMA gym. Hmm. And so I trained six days a week, and the guy there was like. Um, the, the main coach was just like, are you, are you going to fight soon? And I was like, no, I didn't. 
want to compete. I just wanted to learn and train. That's what I, and I try to explain in my broke ass Japanese the right, best way. Right. And he's just staring at me like, uh huh. Oh, okay. I got you. So I'm trying to explain things to him. And, um, finally what happened was I was there for 13 months and the ninth month he's like, you know what, dude, if you're all about testing your spirit, fight you're fighting everybody here but everybody here is friends with you now like Mm -hmm. go in the ring and fight really good people to test your spirit and it made me think of a guy um that i would i would love to show you brother and i don't want to get too much into him but i Mm, actually ended up having a call i called this dude um his name is ensign Inouye. Hmm. ensign Inouye was a pride fighter he's half hawaiian half japanese he fought in pride pride was I believe before the UFC, but it, it, it is my by far the most entertaining. Sh- oh, the fights, the crowd, the uh, charisma of the entrances. Everything was so ahead of its time, but they also had amazing fighters that mm-hmm. had very distinct styles. Ensign Inouye had a fighting style, and this is going to sound cliche, but stay with me. He would not quit. Mm-hmm. And he would literally, to give you an example, he would write death letters to his family and friends should he die in the ring because he believed he would die in the ring because he would not give up. He would break my arm, choke me unconscious, kill me. I will not give up. And the Japanese people caught on to that and they loved him so much. They called him the Yamato Damashi, which is the spirit of the samurai or the Mm. Japanese spirit, the Ganbaro. Just so he had such a strong spirit that he did this pilgrimage that I'm going to be doing called the Shikoku pilgrimage. And... um, I was like, you know what, dude, I need somebody to motivate me. I need somebody to kick me in the ass about this. So he did it. So I called him. I emailed him. I did not think, this dude's a legend. Did not think to get an email back. I'm like, hey, man, you really inspired me to have my first fight. See, this is how I'm landing the plane, dude. This is where it's going. So I was like, you really inspired me to have my first fight. Um, I'm thinking about doing this pilgrimage. What do you think? Literally nine hours later, emails me back. Yeah, man, here's my number. Call me. Wow. Are you kidding me? Dude, you're like... Hundreds of thousands of people follow your, like, you know, Instagram and they, he, dude, Legend. I called him fucking like we were bros for an hour. He was the nicest, kindest man. And he was just giving me motivational support and telling me I could do it. And he's like, look, man, you have to do it. This was made for you. If you're talking about this wandering spirit. But what I explained to him was I literally looked at him and his lifestyle about how he lived his life. And I was like, if I truly want to test my spirit, if I truly want to test who I am and what I believe that I am a good fighter. Like mm-hmm. if I got in a fight, I could handle myself instead of, you know, getting in a spat when somebody's blacked out drunk or something like that. Why not test myself against a true warrior? Right. Um, so I said, yes. And I did it. And I had a semi-pro fight after a couple of amateur fights and I won it. And then I was like, I can rest on those laurels. So it was 13 months in Japan. I was like, I've trained hard six days a week, really dedicated myself. And I left and I lasted six months in America before being like, it, I'm going pro, I'm going back. Baby. Yeah. So I, I got, I, I, I got the money and I went back to Japan and I stayed there now for, I believe it was, uh, two years and two months, something wow. like that. So combined about three years. Wow. Three, yeah, man. So I did that and I turned pro and I fought professional in MMA. Now, dude, I got so lucky. You guys have no idea. Once again, it's I, the fates are kind. I, Literally, when the UFC TV came out, the two, the first event that they broadcasted and taped mm-hmm. was the one I fought in. Mm-hmm. So on UFC TV, yeah. I can look at the, my two fights in this tournament that I entered, this professional tournament. That's awesome. I was like, dog, how does this not get anywhere? Like, so I had the, it was, it was awesome to be able to like sit here and be like, oh, I can, I can look at myself on TV and I, it's, it's a real thing. It's there. It's not like some fantasy I have in my head. 
uh, all this work, all this dedication, and so many lessons I got from that man. Um, it happened, and it was because of that spirit, though. It was because I was willing to get in a cage with guys that would just beat the piss out of me, honestly. Yeah. There, and and I put myself, and I got through training and, and good nutrition and and help by uh, Luke with mm-hmm. nutrition and lifting and whatnot. I uh, I achieved victory, and then That's from awesome. there I got hired to coach grappling uh, and that sort of mindset in Thailand. So I went over to Thailand for six months, came back for a year, went back for six months, did the same thing. And that was when I made my mind up, which was like, look, man, um, this is my life and this is a dream. I have a story that I love telling people because I feel that it is not so fairy tale that you wouldn't, because people give these wonderful experiences. Uh, people even share when they do hallucinogenics about you know seeing these majestic images that change their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel, and this is and not to rain on anybody's parade on that, but I feel like when I hear these stories, I'm like, yes, but your mind is altered. So I feel like it'd be very hard for me to reach that state without taking said substances. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to talk about how my simple routine in Thailand gave me one of the greatest experiences, and it was so simple, and anybody can do it. Um, I was living my life every day, waking up, working out. I would open my door and the gym would be right in front of me. The food would be made for me. It was healthy food, a routine diet that I had chosen. And I would lift and I would work out. Then I would coach and then I would do Muay Thai, a little bit here, a little bit there. And then I would coach again and then I would do boxing, a little bit here, a little bit there. And I would go back and I'd put on my computer and I would play Total War because I'm a nerd. It's a video (laughs) game. I know you guys don't play. It's a video game. And I would go to sleep. I'd call my friends occasionally. But it literally was the Spartan lifestyle that I lived in Japan. It was yeah. wake up, you know, train, go back. I had a bed and a kitchen. That was right. my, that was my, that it was $300 a month. That was it. Okay. Mm. In Thailand, paid for free. But I'd wake up and I would do this every single day. The best way I can put it to you was I woke up. It was my, it's my second time back to Thailand. I woke up. I went into the bathroom. I had been there now for three weeks. As I walked into the bathroom, the mirror was in front of me and I looked at myself in the mirror and I realized something. I was smiling unconsciously. Hmm. I had no, it was not forced at all. And I realized that I was walking around like this was my face. Now I had zero cortisol. It was the most, here's the word. I was the most content hmm. I've ever been in my entire life because I was focused on my passion, which mm-hmm. was martial arts and being able to coach people in martial arts that would help them burn fat, gain muscle, gain confidence. Brother, the zone you can get when one goes after what you feel you were made to do that makes the world better or makes you better, I was smiling without even knowing about it. That was just my face then. It was so beautiful. There was no drugs. There was no alcohol. Not that I'm anything against that. Last night I got out and had a little time on the town. What I'm saying is that I, my lifestyle was so simple but so perfect for what I felt I needed to do. Hmm. I was just content. I was at peace. The yeah. cortisol level, abysmal. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, have you ever experienced something like that where you felt, whether it be an art piece or you were somebody you love or, Alex, you want to get on this, bro? What do you got? <laughs> you got. I what you just said? Yeah, man. Tell me about it. No, I don't think I, I, don't think I have something that compares to that. I think that was so, I think it was really profound. And I'm, I'm caught up in this story and I love it. And I, I feel like what, where, where my mind goes is um, how do we share that with people in like a modern society? Because yeah. I'm with you. Like, dude, I have, 
I have a Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind in my backpack at almost all times. But it's right alongside Sapolsky's, you know, human <laughs> behavior and, and like uh, how, how to marry sort of a Zen mindset and a, a sort of a Spartan yeah. habit structure and ritual mm-hmm. of life with uh, the complexity that is the modern world and yeah. just philosophical thought if you mm-hmm. choose to go down that road. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's hard to replicate, but I'm, but I'm, I'm not je- jealous is the wrong word, but I'm, yeah, no, I'm jealous of that experience to be I'm, able to spend six months in Thailand like that. I, but, but like thing. what, what brought me over there though was the, and this is why I tell people all the time, cause it's a grass or greener thing. Like there are so many people in my life that have a stable, I have no problem talking about this because sure. like I, I've accepted this, that have stable lives. They want yeah. children. They have a wife, especially at my age, bro. I'm 34. And a lot of my friends are getting married. A lot of my friends mm-hmm. are settling down. And which is wonderful. And that's the course of their life because that's what they want. God bless them. And it's going to be great. I'm over here like, I don't have health insurance. Yeah. I'm going to Japan. I don't even have a job over there yet. I'm yeah. still flying all over that. Like not even literally, yes, but metaphorically, I'm still just like the same as long as I keep the routine, as long as I keep the mindset that what I'm doing is bettering me and this is an adventure mm-hmm. and this is a risk. Do it, but brother, I'm I'm losing as well. Like I don't have anything stable. You know, Dude, and like so, I, I I can't let you go down that road. Losing. I know it's okay. So it's okay. so we I'll have accept that. That's an acceptable casualty. I'm fine with that. You you are, but it's you're losing. But like, if you were playing a different game, yeah. you could say that you're losing. You're playing your own game, which like and and that's the big idea. We have this sort of tagline concept, which is does your behavior match your goal? I for a long time have pushed back heavily against uh, unnecessary judgment of other people. Mm, mm. That's, and, and it's obvious enough, it sounds basic, but like it, to see like the, um, the animosity that comes uh, from one uh, toward another's lifestyle, mm, say, mm, in whatever mm. manifestation that might be. Mm. Uh, this person doesn't do X well enough. Their apartment's yeah, yeah, not yeah. clean enough. Yeah, I, yeah, I need yeah. to get a cleaning person in my apartment. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but-, but, but pick... Pick what it is, mm-hmm. judge it hard. I think there's an immediate flaw, an obvious flaw in that. Um, does your behavior match your goal? Is sort of the only question that I think you're tasked with answering. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, like your goal, mm-hmm. is just different. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I have there's no judgment. I had friends who were living in the suburbs before they were 30. Yeah. And, you know, and with with a family on the way and mm-hmm. a stable career, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that is that's fantastic. Yeah. I, there's truly no judgment. Right. Um, it sounds like that is not. The story that you're writing, Correct. however, yeah. So I, 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 when you say I'm losing, I just can't let you. I, have I that. appreciate you saving me on the semantic, man, because obviously that that does change perception if you change language, and I appreciate them and thank you. But what, I, what I, I perhaps I will therefore say it differently. I would say that while I'm doing these things, there are other things. And it's kind of telling you about last night when I was staying up writing. I yeah. feel that there are a lot more things that I can do to be better. Okay. And I would let whether it involves financing, whether mm-hmm. that involves physically currently, um, and whether it involves and that's but here's the difference what I was telling you is that I don't shy away from it. Totally. I will stay up and I will browbeat myself trying to figure out why I feel this way sure. until I get it. And yeah. then when I get it, there is zero shame, yeah. there's zero depression. It's a plan of attack. Right. Okay, I'm gonna do this then. Okay, yeah. I'm going to do this because I don't want to feel this way anymore. Right. And the Fair. reason I'm feeling this way isn't because I'm a bad person. And it's sure. not because I've done something wrong. Right. It's my body and my mind telling me, hey, man, you got to do something on this end or else you're going to keep thinking about it. Stop no ignoring doubt. it. Attack it. One of the coolest stories I've ever heard was from a friend of mine. God bless her name is Aaron. 
And uh, she was telling me about her roommate said something so profound to her when they were talking about depression. Mm. And her roommate, uh, her father, had an amazing job, children that he loved, and a wife that just was crazy about. And she was staying up all night drinking. And he was taking pills for depression. And he did not want to go to therapy because his whole thing about the machismo about like, I don't need a head doctor or anything. That sure. was my Italian impersonation. I don't need a head doctor. I think really that was pretty good. dead on. Really right. good. So, Only uh, mildly offensive. <laughs> Otherwise, really good. <laughs> I think I got that. Where's that from? Analyze that. This. I don't want a head doctor. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what De Niro says. Anyway, um, uh, so he finally comes to it. He's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see a therapist. Sits down. Tells, tells her what's up. And she just goes, okay, yeah. It just sounds like uh, you're not satisfied with your job right now. Hmm. He goes, no, but I'm thinking all these sad thoughts and it's irrational and they're intrusive thoughts. I feel yeah. like it. And she's like, no, no. Uh, think about this. Why don't you take time doing what you love, quit your job. You're obviously financially stable. If you're not, you can keep this job and look for something that you'd prefer to do more and uh, do that. He's like, that's it. That's your advice. She goes, just try. Yeah. And he did it. And... He's just like, he, his life changed, his perception changed. and Without a doubt. So the reason, like I said, the reason why I bring that up is for me is I don't, I don't feel like feeling shame. I don't feel like beating myself up. I don't feel like guilt mm-hmm. changed. It definitely could be a tool that is used. It's like, oh man, I never want that to happen again. I have to. Like, sure. And of course, if I didn't have guilt, I wouldn't have empathy. Therefore, I'd be a bit of a sociopath. So I'm not saying that these things are, I'm saying that to change my life, I want to listen to what my my mind yeah. is telling me about and then be like, okay, now that, I, now that I've absorbed this, what can I do to make sense of it? And that's what last night was. Me staying up yeah. being like, now nah, there's something that's up with me. I got to figure it out. I'm going to write about it until I get it. So, and, totally. Yeah. Well, you, you, I always think that everything going on in our mind, I think there's a parallel, there's a metaphor to be made through the filter of the body. So when you say your, your physical ability, your training has led you to the point where you can walk into a room with confidence and whatever fear of like an unknown situation Mm. goes away and you can just be yourself, Mm. how empowering that is. Mm. Mm. Would you say that the place that you're at right now, are there other factors that are causing fear that you have to sort of master similarly? And I'll just put it on my own shoulders. Like, um, you know, would a financial, you know, like instead of being worried about being beaten up by another human with, yeah. with bad intentions, yeah, yeah. Um, could financial instability or not having health insurance, are these now the things that are uh, sort of beginning the fear process and you have to, uh, you have to learn the judo of finance to, yeah. to sort of to <laughs> navigate like move forward. <laughs> judo finance sounds like Tim Is that what he says? No, he says? Oh. his mindset, he, he used to do judo and he lived in Japan too and he has that mindset about like, he'll take something and use this as an analogy and be like, maybe I can judo this. There is an ah. actual thing called, uh, I believe it's called either verbal judo or mental judo that is huh. taught to police officers where it's, it's, it's the classic where people are like, you never tell somebody to calm down. When they're acting sure. irrational, you'd be like, oh, okay, you know, let's talk to me about why do you feel this way or put yeah. it back on them and hitting fire with water. I have a quick, hmm. literally 20 second story. It's my favorite fight story. Can I tell it? Uh, I mean, yes. Lantern, Naperville, uh, about God knows, maybe a decade ago. Uh, I was in there, had two Bud Lights, turned around, walked into a brick wall. What was that brick wall? Rugby guy. I mean, dude, he had to be like 6'4", way stronger than me and was intimidating as hell. And I looked yeah. up at him and I was just like, oh, and he's like, I was right. What the fuck, bro? You spilled all over me. I go, what the fuck is right? What the fuck are you drinking? I'm buying you three. Yeah. Like that, that yeah. loud voice. And he looks yeah. at me and he goes, come here. And he gives me a hug 
We walk back to the bar. I buy him a drink because I spilled on him. Yeah. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Yeah. And that is a great example of yeah, if, yeah. if fire met fire, it increases the flame's roar. But no if you doubt. give water a new direction, it doesn't cause any harm, right? So what I was doing was he was this – and I was just like, no, it is my fault. I fucked up. And plus the fact, man, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't mean to spill on your nice vans or whatever he was wearing. Sure. But I wanted to buy him a drink. And that sort of simple like, yeah, man, it's all good. I apologize. Immediately. And he felt that immediately. He was yeah. like, oh, man, I'm sorry for flipping out like that. Yeah. I apologize. It, it, you know, he just – and I, I think that's what people do. I literally believe that. Yeah, there's I, no doubt. Yeah. Well, well, everyone is so defensive naturally. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you could somehow, it, it'd be impossible to instill the confidence that you have in society at large. Mm-mm. But that's that's where conflict comes from, yeah. isn't it? Is is your something your approach with something, and immediately your guard goes up, uh-huh. and uh-huh. you can recognize that if you're looking, we'll go really small with it. Um, just think about the relationships in yeah. your life. How many people do you know? Intimate relationships, mm. trusting relationships, mm. where you say even mildly something that might sound like a critique, yeah, yeah. and immediately you can sort of sense a wall going. Absolutely, out. I totally know what you mean. I, yeah. t- I think it's ego against ego. Yeah. And um, when people feel like they're being judged, like how you and I are looking at Alex, knowing that he's just judging, just us. judging us. Staring. I feel <laughs> <laughs> this side of my face feels hot. It's like he's <laughs> no. Uh, I, I get. I think that. Um, Somebody, uh, I think Hensel Gracie put this the best. He wrote about this in uh, either a, a book of his. He said that uh, somebody has to be the alpha in this confrontation. When he's like, you notice body posture, especially in Brazil, man. Like machismo in Brazil is ridiculous. Too. It's hmm. so interesting to study about how like men have to be this. They have to posture a certain way. You can't look a certain way at somebody. And the intensity that that culture has when it comes to fighting, it's beautiful. Like it's unbelievable. It's so aggressive. Uh, Vanderlei Silva is a great fighter too. I mm-hmm. think that symbolizes that sort of intensity. Um, but there's a posture people take and there's a challenging, even if you know you're wrong, you don't want to lose face. Hmm. And um, right. it's so interesting to me. And perhaps this is a, uh, this is like a wish for the bygone days, but people used to get in duels over that. Like oh, you yeah. slighted oh, my right. honor. Right. Be- I think the best part though, is that most people, I don't think they know this, that it was something like uh, here's uh, a stat that I'm completely making up right now, but hopefully Love it takes it. Those the are point. The best kind yeah. of stats. Uh, I think it's something like seventy um, percent or sixty percent of duels did not happen. They would meet with their seconds. The seconds would be like, "Hey, he's sorry," and the other second would go back and be like, "Look, man, he said he's sorry. Don't be a dick and shoot this dude. Just right. accept the apology." And then it wouldn't happen. Why? Right. Because they showed their honor by showing up. Yeah. And then that was it, and that could be dissolved because there was no more confrontation. It was mm. just like, okay, we're here. I don't really want to do this. You don't really want to do this. There's nobody here that's going to judge us if we don't fight. In fact, people are talking us out of it. So mm. let's just shake hands, tip the hat, and stop. And then you have shit like Hamilton where he gets shot in the face. Oh, <laughs> are you talking about the play? Uh, I, you or, know, the, I have, or the factual? So the factual <laughs> one I read about, um, I've heard so many. I love history. I wish Dan Carlin would do something about the Revolutionary War period. I, I never. A hardcore history is one of my favorite podcasts. Hmm. Um, he's the one that did the um, Wrath of the Cons. Is no, okay, no, no. brother. If you like history, the way this guy talks is so captivating. He captures you. He's a great storyteller, and he talks about some. For me, I just nerd out on it. Like some of the most epic battles, uh, yeah. leaders that completely defy you. Would be like, how how could he even think this? One? Like burning burning of the boats or speeches that people have given. It's, it's I love it. I can nerd out on it all day. However, reason I bring it up is that um, I believe during that during that time period. Uh, with Hamilton, I think what happened, and I'm going to not pronounce this correctly because my 
French is the worst language I can speak. Go for it. Uh, I think it's called like a, a, a doulop or something where you're supposed to shoot down. You're not supposed to shoot up. Huh. And apparently Hamilton shot up and the dude that killed him, um, who I will think of at a, at a later date, uh, I'll think of it's Hamilton and another guy and I'll think of his name and I'll, it'll come back to me. But he saw him raise his gun and said he shot because you're supposed to shoot down. Mm. You're supposed to discharge your gun down. Yeah. And I was like, I had never heard that. I was like, obviously I was shooting up, but I read an article about it and they said that's why this guy shot him. Huh. Was because he, he thought he, right. he thought he was going to shoot at him, and so he shot him. Um, but uh, either way, man, really interesting for duels is like uh, I feel that's uh, when people went to do it. The extinguishing of the ego was like, well, we kept our honor, we showed yeah. up, but now maybe we shouldn't do it. I'll apologize. I was in the wrong. Sure. You know what that is? That's time. That's taking you out of the moment to think about what you've done. Yeah, 100%. that's not answering the email when you're angry. That's looking at your significant other and being like, you know what? Yeah. I'm angry. You're angry. Let's yeah. take a break. I'm going to go for a walk. Whatever. That's simple exercises that can be found in my favorite philosophy, which is stoicism. True. Uh, that just so simple to completely be like, I have a passion and emotion that's controlling me right now. Instead right. of putting that into something negative, which would be rage or depression, I'm going to sublimate this. And for me, it's working out. Yeah. If I'm angry, I go to a gym. Right. If, I'm, if I'm depressed, I go for a walk. Because me staying in the same place is only knowing myself, dude, I'll throw myself in a hole. I'll just sit there yeah. and keep thinking about it. Happens to a lot of people. It, it, you're essentially articulating the difference between being responsive and being reactive. Mm-hmm. And things are very – to be reactive is, yeah. uh, is rarely good yeah. in modern yeah, yeah. society. And I feel like, I feel like um, everybody would benefit from that. I feel like everybody – to know how to control your emotions mm-hmm. and, um, and try to use them to your advantage – no Let's doubt. talk about this for your training. Okay. When was a moment that you had and any time, because obviously you're strong. I can look at you oh, and just be on. like, this guy could lift up the table. Now, obviously mm. Alex could lift us both up. It's a However, small that table. Being said, that being said, what is the time where you went to the gym with purpose mm. and you were just like, I am pissed off. I just got over a breakup hmm. and this is the time. And like a phoenix, like a phoenix. Rising from the ashes. You just ripped through it. I got to hear it, man. So, Have you ever used that? Yeah. So I, I will tell you there, there's two parts to this response. The first is that um, I definitely have that moment and I'm okay. going to share it with you. But the second is, well, maybe I'll just start there. Without question, there have been a small handful of moments in my life where I just could not get a grip on what was going on in my head. Mm, mm. So I went and got a grip on something else, yeah. weights or something heavy, yeah, something, <laughs> and, uh, and, and move that around yeah. with intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that has definitely happened. I, I'm not sure I could pinpoint the source of it, but maybe that's the point. Yeah, I think yeah. when, when I needed that, when I needed the physical outlet to whatever my frustration was, mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why I chose that as a solution was because uh, I, it, it was hard for me to identify exactly what was going wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably... Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I've never been forced to think about that, but I think that's right. Um, but I also don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Like knock on wood. Yeah, I think I really do try to. We've talked about coloring one's mind. Yeah. I, I will now go to um, breathing uh, over anything else. Oh, let's so, talk so, about meditation, bro. So, Bring well, it because, to well, and because and, and not even necessarily – so I don't necess- I wouldn't say that I meditate even. Okay. Uh, I, I, I breathe. I practice sort of um, 
I practice focused attention or open monitoring or just listening, paying attention to my voice or uh, my, my breath rather. Um, and what I've found is that, in fact, this is a skill that we sort of share with people um, in consult. We go one to five. When you when you're in a moment and you just can't get a grip on the moment, mm, mm. Um, just put a little space. You mentioned time. Put a little space between you and the moment, mm. and usually that is, from what we found, between one and five breaths. And very rarely will there be a situation where five breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth yeah, doesn't yeah. give you enough presence yeah, yeah, um, yeah. to make a more thoughtful decision. So yeah. that so that's what I that's where I'm at now. Now I still really enjoy the intensity yeah. of moving weights. Yeah, yeah. I like the way it makes my body feel. I like the, the sense of accomplishment. I like mm -hmm. the way it makes my mind feel. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, I try not to use it. Um, I try not to lean on any external crutch if possible. You are a strong yeah. man, brother. No, it's, it's freaking hard. It's hard, dude. It's hard. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I say that because... Like I, ha you have to go through it. Mm. Um, our buddy Scott Caulfield, you can't trust a skinny chef. Uh, you got to sample the goods. You have to have gone through some stuff. Yeah. I've been incredibly frustrated. Again, just for sake of sharing, I played um, what could loosely be termed, termed professional football only because I got a paycheck to do it. But it was nice, nowhere dude. close to the NFL. No, I'm not. I don't mean to brag. I'm just saying like there was a time in my life where where intensity and physicality yeah. was was the thing. Mm -hmm. This is what and. and and I remember, uh, okay, I'm just going to kind of open up. Hey, so uh, I'm, I am, I'm pretending this is me and you talking. And it. so people will hear it. Great. There, there were moments in my life, you mentioned like walking into a bar and being kind and thoughtful. Yeah. At the front end of my football career, post-college, uh -huh. yeah. it wasn't like that for mm -hmm. me. It was, I was wrongly cultivating my mind mm -hmm. to be intense, mm -hmm. to play people, uh, play against people who I was... Um, smaller than yeah. I was I'm 6'2 I was 270 at my biggest yeah and when I play when I started I didn't I, I you were 270 yeah bro you were a fucking tank I was I could move some weight at that time and you I could look like you still some, move some weight I, well ridiculous. I'm down I'm about I'm closer to 230 now so that was this was 40 pounds Gosh, ago damn, man. but um but so I, I traveled I played some indoor football mm -hmm. and I traveled I was on the traveling squad um, every week, thankfully, yeah. uh, but I didn't start every game. When I started, I had to start over a guy who was about 6'5", mm -hmm. 300 plus pounds, um, all Big East at West Virginia. Okay. And like, I couldn't just like pound, I, I was smaller, mm -hmm. I was, I'm gonna say less talented, uh, all of the above. Mm -hmm. So really diligent work ethic, mm -hmm. never missing a day in the gym. That was an advantage and cultivating my mind to like, uh, I've got to have leverage, I've got to have intensity. Yeah. I, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was my mindset. So. Um, when you say like you gave me a nice compliment, your mind is strong if you can just sort of breathe and talk yourself out of situations. It wasn't like that. It's a thing that had to be learned because I was so focused on being intense and winning battles in yeah. the immediate yeah. day to day against bigger people. Yeah. Uh, I relied on my intensity, mm -hmm. not necessarily my thoughtfulness yeah. or some strategy, surely. But anyway, that's actually a really big part of the Good Athlete Project. Yeah. It's helping people transition from an athletic career yeah. to real life. Um, because you can't, you can't linebacker people anymore. Brother, you yeah. seem to have done <laughs> like, it quite seamlessly. I no, it wasn't seamless, but I appreciate you saying that. So what I had said originally, I just want to jump on this real quick. You were aggressive. Yep. And then you learned to control your emotions. Do you feel happier from doing that? 
No question. No question. Okay. Because because I didn't. I'll tell you exactly why. I thought about this the other day when I was lifted. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, getting yeah. back into yeah, um, yeah, yeah, to yeah, meet, yeah, and I don't yeah. want to cut you off, but uh, I don't like the idea that I've got to get crazy hyped up, heavy breathing, blast heavy metal to yeah. to do a max effort squat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I don't yeah. like that. Okay. Uh, so I'll actually play just like. I'll just hit shuffle. Whatever comes on the, the radio, that's what I lift to. Oh, Britney Spears squat day? Come if on. If it happens, it happens. <laughs> and I'm not going to turn away from, from Britney. Uh, does that make sense? I totally like, make yeah. sense. What I, I, I didn't like relying on that. No, yeah. I understand. What I wanted to say was this is a wonderful example. And I'm glad that you can share that with me because not only is that understandable and not only I feel is that a, just a great story that illustrates that somebody that – speaks so well and seems to be so gentle and yet has so much power has the ability to what change mm -hmm. because you were doing something that was successful that was working for you mm -hmm. but instead of being like this is who i am I, this has always worked for me being intense being in the bar and and trying to and trying to play up to people because i need to um that will work to a point but then you're like i don't want to do this but instead of saying mm -hmm. no this is who i am i am yeah. this person i can't no you said, I don't want to be this anymore. I'm going to do this. And you, you yeah. changed. And yeah. you, you changed. And that is, in my opinion, one of the greatest things that this project yeah. could ever teach people, which is right. you are not set in stone. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to change whoever you are at any time. And anybody that stands against you, use that same intensity to be like, best best uh, definition of martial arts I've ever heard, a guy named Kari. Um, who runs his own school out in Seattle. He said, the definition of martial arts is you will not control me physically, you will not manipulate me mentally, and you will not alter my emotional state. Yes. All those three controls, all those three controls, I will take away from you. Mm -hmm. I am completely in control of myself at all times. Yeah. I think that anybody that stands in the way of trying to take away from what you want to be, hmm. if you feel it's a positive change, yeah. you know, that's, that's where the intensity goes. Like, hey man, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm yeah. not gonna be that anymore. And I know you've seen me this way and your opinion of me is this, but it's not that way anymore. I've right. changed. And that's, I, I think yeah. that's, that's what people, I feel, when I work with people, I think that's something they need to hear. Because a lot of people, just to take a, a little detract here, a lot of people are ashamed of their body. Yeah. Or a lot of sometimes people, um, they're so embarrassed that they don't want to work out in front of people or they don't want to tell me that's their weight. Yeah. And I'll just sit there and I'll be like, um, let me ask something, man. Um, in your, in your uh, knowledge of anatomy, um, explain to me how... Uh, you are not malleable. Are you? What is? What superpower do you have that you feel that you're just going to be this way forever? Right. And I'll just drill into them like, dog, you can change. Yeah. What do you want to look like? Imagine it. And we're yeah. gonna do our damnedest, and it's gonna be simple baby steps of certain little life hacks that you might not know about that I have the privilege of knowing simply because I've done research. While you were doing this, I was doing this, and I can help you with this. And when you get to that point, it was not me or anybody else in your life. It was your decision. Mm -hmm. This is what you look like now. This is who you are. And that right. person has always been you. Right. So will you stare in the mirror, look at yourself, and be like, man, I don't, I don't like the way I look. That's okay. Yeah. Because that emotion is telling you what? Man, I should change. I should mm. be healthier. I should be happier. I should be more fit. So pursue that. Yeah. But Keep in your mindset at all times, like, this is not me. Right. Who I am is what I accept myself to be. If I want to be jacked, I'm going to get jacked. Yeah. But, bro, just like Tony Robbins says, I love this quote by him. He goes, man, you can sit here and picture all the positive energy you want about having a beautiful garden. you still got to pull some fucking weeds. No you got to put doubt. in the work, bro. you got to put all in right, the work. All so, right, so I've got to dig in here. It, 
first I got to say that just to be totally clear, even in my most intense days and moments, yeah. I still don't think I was very far from who I am today. Absolutely. It was, it was just that I think the control had changed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was aimed in such a specific direction that I had maybe lost a grip on self-management sure. in certain ways. Sure. So, um, that's really important, but I think you're totally right. So, um, Dude, can, I, can I say one thing? Yes, in please do. I just want to say this. Yes. So this is the best part. I can say that. Yeah. I'm not preaching to you. Who's ever right. listening to this? I'm not preaching right. to you. This is this is to me as well. I just yeah. literally had, I couldn't, I was telling them when we were getting coffee, they were nice enough to buy me coffee. If anybody wants to come on this podcast, you get free coffee. <laughs> free uh, coffee. Uh, no, I, I was just, last night I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Could not sleep for the life of me because I was just yeah. sitting up being like, yeah, there's something bothering me. I'm going to write them and figure out why. Because, dude, I'm not flawless. I have so many, and I work at it constantly. And guess what? Little by little, day by day, as long as I put what one foot in front of the other in a positive, positive mindset, I mm -hmm. feel like I'm getting closer to my goal. And sometimes I'll fall five steps back, and that's okay. And so if you're in that realm right now, if you're in that mind space where you just think you cannot get ahead, I am telling you, you can. Just take action. Plan it out. Find something that can help you. Take action. Get after it. And that's it. That's the mindset. Because guess yeah. what, man? The, the role models you hold up, whether it be Goggins, my person, I love Jocko Willink, but I'm, they're flawed too. And that's okay. Thank yeah. God. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Or else we wouldn't have anything that we can relate to. Right. But we can relate to wanting to be better. Can we not? So I why not? So. Why not try it? You know, it, it, it's interesting because I, so this is why what you're saying is so poignant in my life right now. I'm working on an idea. Um, the difference between motivation and initiative mm. is a really compelling idea to me. Mm. And um, I used to talk about the difference between motivation and hype, mm. which is an obvious one. I mm. think a lot of Instagram, I think a lot of social media is hype. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's okay. Sometimes you need a little Mountain Dew to get you up and moving, whatever. Yeah, so it's fun to get hyped mm. up. Mm. But when I say like, when, as I approach a squat rack now, I don't want to have to rely on the hype. Yeah. Motivation is different. Motivation is, is, uh, is more pure. Motivation hinges on the idea that you have a motive to do something, that there is a purpose. That's where motivation comes yeah, from. Yeah. But but I'm recently I'm gonna steal that from you, by the way. Take it. I'm take it. 100 percent <laughs> Well, it, it, in in the thing, like level three of this now, yeah, um, is initiative. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I'm recognizing, whether it's um, at my my work during the day, mm -hmm. I'm the mm -hmm. staff and student wellness coordinator mm -hmm. at this place, mm -hmm. New Trier High School, wonderful place. Um, whether it's my work. Um, traveling, consulting, doing all the fun stuff that we're doing with the Good Athlete Project, whatever it might be, it, it's coming to my attention that initiative is a different thing than motivation. Mm. And I think this is a message for folks out there. You seem to have a lot of initiative. You've got a lot of energy. You've yeah, got yeah, a lot yeah. of passion, yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. But but there's you, you probably have a genetic predisposition to that. Mm. There are, you know not everyone has that. So how to figure out how to take initiative, how to take the first step, as you're saying, just take a step, mm. decide what you want to do, yeah, take yeah. a step. That's where the real skill comes in because yes. here's what I've recognized and all the talk about motivation. You know, people, I think you can get trapped in this idea that you're not motivated enough to do something. Yeah. That doesn't motivate me, so that's not my purpose. It's yeah. not worth doing. Yeah. I, bullshit. Yeah. Uh, the way I see it is like, if, if you're here in the middle of, of sort of a spectrum, yeah, yeah, yeah. on one side there's motivation, mm -hmm. and that's the pull of a motive. Mm -hmm. It's a pull of a powerful purpose of a motive. It's pulling you toward it. Yes. Fine, that can get the wheel, your wheels turning. Yeah, yeah. But initiative is sort of the self um, driven push. Yes. And that I think is like what people don't recognize often enough. I see a lot of people sort of misstepping. I think the only real misstep is 
not doing anything. Correct. Um, even if that, and I, and I mean this, even if the something that you do is a thoughtful pause, yeah. you know what I mean? You cannot engage, yeah. but that has to be a deliberate act, which mm -hmm. is different than just pulling back and shying away from a situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but initiative, I mean, that's you. Mm -hmm. Motivation is the subtle pull. Yeah. Initiative is you picking up your freaking foot and taking a step. Correct. And I think too many people are waiting to be so drawn into something, mm -hmm. so heavily motivated by mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. that it just becomes easy. Yeah. It will never be easy. It's not easy for Jocko to yeah. get up at 4.30 a.m. It's not easy for David Goggins to run the final 10 miles with right. a broken tibia yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. the heck he had going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's different. Mm -hmm. So uh, whether you call it um, intrinsic motivation instead of mm -hmm. an extrinsic pull, yeah. whatever you decide to call it, um, initiative mm -hmm. is so wildly valuable, especially in through the filter that you're talking yeah. about, which includes humility, yeah. which includes uh, the, the genuine desire to improve mm -hmm. and grow over mm -hmm. time. Um, that's what's what's hard to teach people, but also super necessary. I'm going to download this podcast and blast that in my ears when I go to the gym. Yeah. That's what's going to be it for me. I, I like it. Lead me on. Uh, can I throw some at you from what Please I do? do. Um, so there are two well, things. Well, first, tell Last us exactly time. what it is that you do. Oh, dude. I'm so <laughs> I go on podcasts, bro. I, I go just a podcast. <laughs> yeah. podcast guy. Um, no, man. I uh, This is literally what I do. I, I basically call it a routine regimen coach. So uh, I have to actually talk to a client today. And what I do is they come to me and I'm just going to use an example of somebody that I used to go with. Uh, it was like a year ago. There's a woman that came to me and she's just like, hey, I have a weight problem. I want to lose this weight. Um, and my life is out of order. And she, every time she'd be talking to me, it's almost like she was crying. Hmm. So I was sitting here being like, well, look, I will do everything possible to give you lifestyle changes mm -hmm. and I will hold you accountable to these changes. And I will make everything that you do so simple that you will not have much adversity into doing those steps. I call them baby steps and I yeah. call it chipping. Okay, so mm -hmm. I'll give you a perfect example. So she was like, no, no, it's fine. I'm ready for the work. Uh, I'll, I'll run a mile a day. I'm like, no, you will not. Yeah, Because right. you've never ran before. Right. You're not an athlete. Mm -hmm. You are a mom that has a job that is very hard. I totally understand why yeah. you wouldn't be able to run. So why don't you just go for a walk hmm. three right. days a week? We'll start you off. So go for a walk. You know what you're going to have? A morning routine. You know what your morning routine is? How many push-ups do you think you can do on your knees, knee push-ups? She'd be like, I don't know, six. I'm like, do them. That's so she did. She's like, three. I'm like, good. You're going to do one. You can do one every morning. Yeah. One squat, one, one leg extension. One, and we're just going to build this up slowly. And she's like, well, I want to lose like 30 pounds. And I was thinking like four months. I'm like, absolutely possible and terribly unhealthy for you. <laughs> yeah. Not only totally. that, you'll probably come back up. To, I don't know, you probably gained 40 pounds after you did that because the diet that you would have to crash yourself onto yeah. would completely debilitate your willpower afterwards. Right. So uh, how about this? How about you lose 30 pounds in, I don't know, 15 months? I think I could do that sooner than 15 months. You're absolutely right. You can. For sure. But I think simple movements, waking up, having lemon water. Why lemon water? Let me tell you, it alkalizes the bloodstream, blah, 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 and get into it. Yeah. All the stuff that they don't know that mm -hmm. I can guide them through and mm -hmm. give them simple explanations, explain things to them. Oh, that does make sense. Okay, you're gonna do this little thing and now we're gonna chip. Uh, what would you say is the uh, something about your life that if I, you you know nothing, tell me right now, what, what would it be that you would change? Well, I have five Frappuccinos a week. 
that's something. That's, that's cool. a start. I understand, <laughs> yeah. though. Do you know why? I understand. You you have the sugar. It gives you it gives you feedback. It makes you feel comfortable. That's totally fine. Do you know what I'm not doing to this woman? I'm not shaming her. I'm not right. being like, you fucking get zero now. You don't yeah. get any now. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. I was on a podcast and somebody says, why can't people just not have frappuccinos? I go, they absolutely can. But the amount of willpower that takes to completely re-up your lifestyle, very few people I know can do that. Without but question. if I'm right. just like, I'm like, no, 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 no. By all means, God, have frappuccinos. Have, let's go with three a week now and have them on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, can I pick the days? You can pick the days, but you have to pick them before you have them. Because yep. what does that teach? It teaches discipline. It's Tuesday. I really want one, but damn it, I said Thursday I get one, right? So you start building them. And I chip away at the bad habit and I replace it with a good habit. Uh, how much water do you drink? Uh, carbonated water? Like, uh, I don't know, two bottles of water a day? Okay. Can you drink regular filtered water? Nah, I hate that. Okay, can you drink regular filtered water with some lemon in it? Mm -hmm. Maybe give it a taste to it? Let's try to get you to three to four bottles of water a day. And then everybody comes back to me, blows their mind. Oh my God, I feel so different. I feel like I'm losing weight. Doesn't matter, you're just hydrated. Honey, you just wake <laughs> yeah. up, you're just hydrated. Just healthier. Exactly. And it's those little small things with the knowledge that I've accrued. And right now I'm actually getting certified in precision um, nutrition yep. coaching, which I'm super excited about. Cool. So, but like, even before then, like I had to lose 30 pounds to, I'd fight 155. I'd walk around at like 183. Wow. So I'd have to lose that in two months yeah. and it was just strict routine regimen. So I'm not making you into a Spartan. I'm mm. not changing your life to you. Like, Oh God, I have to go to the gym. What I'm doing is I'm tailor making a program for you, for you. It is your program. Yeah. And you're going to do it to the best of your ability. And if you mess it up, mm -hmm. guess what? Nothing. I'm not going to shame you. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not your parent. I'm going to sit back right. and be like, why did we right. Why did we have that? Oh, well, I was stressed out. Oh, so it's a stress is a problem. Let's right. address that. Let's talk about stress. What is one thing you think you could do that would make this better mm -hmm. instead, of, instead of having that sugary treat? What do you right. think it could be? Oh, it's sugar? Have you ever tried pineapple? I hear pineapple's not good for you. It isn't. Not that good for you, but I'll tell you what's really bad for you, Frappuccino. <laughs> right. And then once you once you break it down, back, 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 yeah. then, oh my gosh, man, to see, and you've witnessed it, and God knows you have more stories about this than I do, but I just mm. love, I love giving this as my personal favorite. To have a client not only lose weight, mm -hmm. which a great quote about that, this is why I say that with such a, a dismissive thing, even though it's a big deal to people, is like the goal of weight loss is to not die in a skin your casket. I want vitality. Hmm. I want you to be happier. I want measurements where you can actually empirically see that you've changed hmm. and you can do it. When people's mind changes yeah. and they start seeing momentum, not from running every day for a mile because God knows they can't do that. I shouldn't say can't. Most people cannot. Uh, but you just see them changing and mm -hmm. they ask for more. No, no, I did, I did 10 push-ups this time. And I told you to do five. Yeah, I know, I know. But I, uh, I really want to. Just feel I got on, I got on the scale. I'm down uh, seven pounds. I thought we were planning for like, you know, two. I, no, I'm, let's do it. Uh, hey, uh, I saw your Instagram. You were holding mitts for people. I'd like to try that. You've never boxed before. Are you sure you want? No, no, no. I, I want it. I want it. You would not believe the spirit of somebody that's been awakened about being like, no, I can do this. This is yeah. something I want. I feel this image that I've had. I'm like, Picture yourself, whatever it is. Have somebody draw it for you. Make it a stick figure, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Have it in your mind every day when you wake up and you go after that person. This is the person that you want to turn your body into. And guess what? That's just a body. That's just a body. The body is physical. 
but to make your to be happier to yeah. feel more fulfilled, to have purpose, to be the optimal self to your friends, family, loved ones, and to go out into the world and actually give back. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, if I can do this, other people can. If I, if I can be friendlier, if I can be more wholesome, if I can put myself out there because I have confidence in my body, I have confidence in my delivery, I have confidence in my mindset, I could help people. Mm -hmm. I could be kinder. Sure. Why not look at it that way? Why right. the fuck do I care about 16 pounds? I don't. Right. I care about you changing. Well, so first of all, I think that was amazing. That was really well said. Uh, your passion is so clear. Oh, thanks. Uh, well, and, and I, think, um, I think it's important that people recognize that and hear that for exactly what it is. It does ultimately boil down to that concept, does your behavior match your goal? I think a lot of people convince themselves that a 30 pound weight drop yeah. is is the true goal. Yeah. It isn't. It requires yeah. some digging. Is yeah. is your goal to be your most optimal yeah. self to be Absolutely. in relationships professionally etc. Yeah. If so, uh, let's let's be really clear on why we think a 30 pound weight loss is going to get you mm -hmm. there. It's probably going to be something closer to a lifestyle change. It's Absolutely. going to be feeling better when you wake up in the morning. It's going to be Correct. having more energy over Correct. the course of the day, whatever it might Correct. be. I just sent you, by the way, um, a link to an article. The point of philosophy and this kind of, maybe this is sort of a full circle idea. Like the point of doing all that work of spending mm. four years in, in college, mm. thinking about the philosophy, existentialism, yeah, thinking yeah. about metaphysics, yeah, thinking yeah. about life. Mm is that when you come to the, when you, when you do boil it down, mm -hmm. it isn't a meme. It's a really well-considered, mm -hmm. um, highly filtered mm -hmm. version of what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. I think too often people just lean on a quote. Like, yeah, it sounds right. Um, you yeah, have to do, that, of I'm course, yeah, yeah. No, I just think you have to do the work that you say you're doing. You yeah. have to talk it through. I don't yes. think, you, you know, to get to the point where you can say it succinctly. Yeah. No, I, I, it, because I feel, so this is what I do. You were talking about you, you know, you play whatever music and you live. Mm -hmm. For me, the best thing that ever worked was it started with, okay, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do it. And I wrote out my schedule and I, and I would do it and I would do it. And then yeah. I wouldn't want to do it, but I would do it because discipline, but it would be hard. Mm -hmm. Then I got into stoicism and then yeah. it'd be like, no, no, no. You don't get emotion to do this. Yeah. You just do it. Just Why? Because you logically know that this is good for you. This is what I don't. I don't want to work out. Oh, that's wonderful. That's not in the equation, though. Not your your opinion right. is yeah. Your perspective right. is not that you just do it. And that used to help me more. Now I'm at the point where I really love this, and this just happened recently. Was I wrote out uh, the type of person if somebody was observing me, who I would I fantasized about this. This just shows narcissism to <laughs> fantasize about oneself. But no, I wrote like a picture and everything. I hired somebody to draw a picture of me. Uh, in anime form because I'm a nerd. But I, I pictured what I wanted to be and what the... Andrew Szynski works out five days a week. He rolls jujitsu four to six days a week. Um, he consistently tries to be the best person. People know him as a friendly guy with a lot of energy. Blah, blah, blah. Just talking myself up. I even lied and I was like, Andrew Szynski has a big penis. That's not true. But I wanted <laughs> to make myself feel good. So just talking myself, talking myself up and I wrote it down and then I was like, I woke up the next day and I'm like, oh... What does Andrew Szynski do? Oh, he goes to the gym five days a week. doesn't yeah. matter if he doesn't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because I made that person who I wanted to be. Yeah. And I would journal about it. And like I said, bro, I love, I love ranting about how this stuff is good and then always reminding people. By the way, I don't journal. Why? Because I suck at it. I try. I write a lot, right? But you know how people can do the routine of having a journal every day? That is still something I would yeah. struggle with. But guess what? 
doesn't matter. The struggle continues. My journal will be missing two days or something, but I still try. And well, it really helps. No doubt. And you, you know? used, there were two words that you used there. Consistently tries mm. to X, Y, or Z. Correct. Uh, that's kind of the heart of the matter. So consistently try. You, you yeah. asked me before, like, what was the, the thing that had, I believe you was like, a, you had said something about your program that I loved. And I was, I was like, can I tell you what mine was? My, this is my motto that I love. Yeah. Uh, consistency plus simplicity equals results. Mm. If you make something so simple, and you consistently do it, whether mm-hmm. it be one push up a day or whatever, yeah. but you consistently do it, yeah. you will get results. Yeah. The best thing, therefore, is, is, you know, Power Athlete always talks about is like, what can I do to make this the most optimal? Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, I always love the example of like breakfast, like, well, I have Lucky Charms. Okay. Do you like eggs? Yeah, because like hard boiled eggs are the best for you. Okay, I hate hard boiled eggs. Okay, can you have scrambled eggs? Yeah, scrambled eggs with a lot of cheese on it. Well, it's not the best for you, but if that saves you from eating Lucky Charms, dog, double the cheese, like whatever. Right. You know it's what I mean? Not like, even the same ballpark. So it's it's the exact same thing I feel with the programs I set for people or my occupation. But fuck all that. That's that's all well and good. But I'm talking like what I love when I talk to you or any listener is this. Jeez, man, live your life with the idea that every day should be you being at your best and you having fun and you enjoying it. I'm not sitting here trying to be like, you know, Zen mindfulness of like, you know, in every sip of this cinnamon coffee at Starbucks, I'm sitting there being like, mmm, mmm, you know, that's all well and good. If you can, man, God bless you. But I'm just saying that we are going to die. We do not know if there's an afterlife or not. I, I do believe in one, but we don't know. But why not? Why not live every day the best you can? Love yourself. Be patient with yourself. It's a growing process. But try to extend that courtesy to other people. Be kind. You've used the word kindness a lot, and I really appreciate it because that's like at the very start of this whole thing. That's an empowering message. I hope people listen to it. Um, But the kindness, the sharing of of that simple behavior of like being kind, I think it says so much about who you are. I I think to to give it to other people. Now, I'm not saying... Hold people accountable, yeah, you know, sure, hold yourself sure. accountable, sure. all those things. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, not not like saccharine sweet sort of yeah, kindness, yeah, yeah, yeah. but why not put good out into the world? I think it, it'll take people farther than they think. One, I just sent you two articles, by the way, because okay, the I things that you're saying, off. no, that's good. But you don't have to read them right now, of course. Yeah. But there are two, um, you touched on two really important ideas that we that are actually appear on um, one of our websites, beyondstrength.net. Mm. One of them is... Um, the title is Eat Better Dessert with nice. Dr. Ian Smith. And it reminds me of, of um, some of the things you were talking about. We call it habit arbitrage. Okay. So like um, when you say for consistency goes back to that initiative thing. Yeah. I, plans fail when people don't have the initiative to yeah. follow them. Yes. Um, period. Yeah. If the implementation goes off, you can't even evaluate whether it would have worked. You right, just, right, you right. got to freaking stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, a discipline to this. There's no hack for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a there's discipline that you got to stick for, but the exchange, the subtle exchanges of like, um, lucky charms for cheesy scrambled eggs. Yeah. That's something that we call habit arbitrage. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the, uh, one of the things that I reference, um, every once in a while, a story is this guy, who used to have two full scoops of ice cream. He just very consistent with his dessert. He would have yeah. dinner, he would have dessert. That dessert was two full scoops of ice cream. Cool. The the only first step... Let's Is he a G two. and did vanilla? Or did he do chocolate? No, vanilla. It was actually vanilla, but, yeah. I, but with chocolate on it, though. Gotcha. So, sorry, sorry. But, but so the only direction was short the second scoop. 
That's how we started. Was keep doing it. Short the second scoop. Oh, you guys do my job so much I mean? better than no, I do. No, no, it's the, <laughs> no, the concept. It's, it's we're doing the same job, yeah. and, and uh, we're just trying to. One of the things that we do is just try to attach names to it so mm -hmm. that more people can can jump in and yeah. do this good work. Mm -hmm. So shorting the second scoop. What does that mean? Well, over the course of a year, it means like literally thousands of fewer calories mm -hmm. from this not very nutritious source. Pretty soon you're going half a scoop. Pretty mm -hmm. soon it's just one scoop is fine. Yeah. And all of a sudden you replace the habit of post-dinner sweetness yeah, with yeah. strawberries and yogurt instead of two scoops of ice cream. Yeah. And, and, then you, and then you replicate. Mm -hmm. But there's an empowerment that comes through that. Like you said, the, the woman who hydrated yeah. felt like I'm losing. Well, you didn't necessarily lose weight, but you're sort of empowered by this new healthy habit. And, and the ripple effect of one healthy habit is usually yeah. a handful of other healthy right. habits. Yeah. Right, man. And the best, and but quick thing too, I want to say the best part about these programs is literally, I'm so proud of, of this is one thing I have pride in. I have told my clients no. If yeah. they wanted to like keep going with me, I'm like, no, you have to stop paying me. You have your lifestyle. Like, yeah. I don't, you, it's been months. Like, you got it. Hmm. You're, you're like, I'll, now it's just for accountability. And like, yeah. I get, but like, it's like, no, I don't want to keep take, cause like, I have faith that this person can keep this. going. Good for you. You know what I'm saying? No, but like, that's, that's the point is that people should take this advice. They should take what we're saying. They should apply it to themselves with the faith that, and the belief that they can accomplish it. Because um, I, I did a speech about this actually uh, two years ago at Ignite in Chicago. It was what they can do, you can do. What they can do, you can do. Is what Dan Inasano, who is Bruce Lee's best friend, autographed for the Dao of Jeet Kune Do when I gave it to him. What they can do, you can do. Mm -hmm. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. Because dog, like, the genetic gift I've been given is my father was an athlete and that's wonderful. But I work on myself because I need to. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah. man? And, uh, like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I have the utmost faith and not only the results of my clients and God knows, I know if you had anybody under you, if you deliver like you've delivered today, I don't know how they wouldn't improve. So <laughs> that's where it's at. Look at this. Delivered today. You are delivered such a kind today. guy. The, um, well, I don't know if we've delivered in any uh, particular way, but I do know that I really enjoy the conversation. And that's why we have to pick this up again. And, and I, in fact, I won't take no for an answer. Now, you could beat me up, so I guess I'll have to if, if you say no. Uh, but, but I think it'd be a lot of fun. I, think there, I just think there's a lot of ways to go with this still. Um, and I'll, I'll leave it up to our podcast editor to decide if this stays in or not. But Do I have to pay $50 for parking again? You jerks. <laughs> you bunch of jerks. You guys are a bunch of jerks. Uh, it, it is. Uh, no, but I, I would say... Because I want to get more into the nuance. Maybe we'll call it part two. I want to hear about combat. We still haven't even really, we haven't scratched the surface of it. You use this term. Watch what happens down. part two. We get more into Calvin and Hobbes. We never it's all about it's Calvin and Hobbes all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but but was, okay, maybe maybe we end on this. And I'm actually, I'm going to film this part. And don't feel like you have to I say anything. Like that. That's fine. Um, good. <laughs> Just say whatever you feel like saying. Uh, that's an this. open road, bro. The well, no, because I'm, I'm gonna give you a, a cue, and the question I have is: um, so use the term um, cultivating an expression of combat. Yeah. You also pushed back against the idea of of violence, especially like unnecessary violence. Correct. How do you distinguish between cultivating an expression of combat mm. and sort of out in the street violence? 
I'll give you a perfect example, and this is such a cop-out answer because I'm giving you an example of a person that exercised it and not myself. That's all um, right. And to do so, I think it would be because people would know them. People don't know me, obviously, but people know Matt Serra. Matt Serra was a okay. UFC fighter, a UFC champion, mayor, very famously beat up George St. Pierre. There is a video you can see of a gentleman in a cafe, and I believe he's being very rude to a waitress or was being violent at some point, and mm. he was very drunk. And Matt Sarah, jujitsu master, UFC cage fighter, mm. got up, and I don't believe they see the takedown, but the camera comes in on Matt Sarah mounting this man. The guy's trying to swing on him, and he's holding his wrist. And guess what Matt Sarah's saying to him? Matt Sarah, the shit talking expert, just great, great mind to him, great wit. Calm down, calm down, right. it's okay. This guy's swinging him. He's just holding his wrist and mounting. He's like, hey, it's okay. Calm down. Calm down. Security comes over. They bring the guy up. No violence. Right. Matt Sarah literally subdued this man with patience mm. and understanding that this dude was drunk. He was being an asshole, whatever. But that, that experience doesn't make that person, that, right. that guy. I'm sure, sure he, he, may, he might be a loving father, whatever. Everybody has bad, bad experiences. But instead of Matt Sarah breaking this dude's face Which with this righteous intent, right. yeah, take that. Yeah. He's just like, no, nah, man, you're just drunk. Calm down. Calm it's down. okay. Right. And by the way, many people have done this. Bouncers have done this. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's all happened to us. I love that. The power, the strength. To completely make somebody suffer the wrath, right? You yeah. know, and there's a part of us that wants to just be like, I am the man. I am yeah, going yeah, yeah, to yeah. break you and show you how mighty, right? Yeah. And instead, you choose the peaceful route of right. subduing somebody. Yep. And I think that's just a great example. I think it's a wonderful example. You yeah. come back to this, I think, feel like we keep coming back to the same idea is like, to some degree, control. Self-management and control. Absolutely. And if if one expression of your control yeah. means like something pops off and you've got to get physical, yeah. sort of so be it. Mm -hmm. But it's not it wouldn't it's not that you seek it out. It's yeah. not the you know. Um, I, I, I to really bring this full circle. When I was studying writing and art and poetry, mm -hmm. I, and I come back to this all the time. I don't think you can write a poem unless you can write a clean sentence. Mm. You, know, you have to control the English language mm. before you can get creative with it. Mm. You know, you have to, I don't think you can go completely into abstract expressionism mm. um, in art. Mm. I think you have to be able to draw a picture. And I'm not saying yeah. you have to be elite at it, yeah, yeah. but to have control over a skill, mm -hmm. fighting, yeah. writing, yeah. whatever it might be, mm -hmm. um, then you get to choose how you use that tool. Mm -hmm. But I think too often people go to the other end. Absolutely. You know, Dude, too that fast. Is even better. Even better. That's a perfect explanation. I feel how art, how art helps us be better people, and it truly expresses the emotion in, in the most eloquent, beautiful way a human can. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have to just be drawing, like you said. Right. Uh, Martial arts, dude. That's an intentional. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And Bruce, Bruce yeah. is always about that. But I yeah. wanted to say you talk about poetry. I, I write poetry all the time. I actually, developed awesome. in hip hop. I used to do rap in Japan, like professionally. I got paid to do it on stage and everything. It was really cool. But here, here's the thing. I uh, of my of my poems. I love this. I told this actually to Luke. I, I love this line that I wrote because I think it symbolizes more hope um, for people when it comes to them wanting to change. And I hope I don't mess up my own poem. But at the end, it's just four lines. It's uh, the truth of faith. Or excuse me, the truth of faith is simple. The difference of lion and lamb is if I is if I lose, it is not in prowess, but in the forgetting of who I am. Hmm. Meaning that I feel that when people fail themselves or when they're defeated, a lot of the time, because they forget their potential or they hmm. forget who they are as a person. And 
whether it be circumstantial or whether it be a bad time in life. And we've all made mistakes. We've all done bad shit, like whatever, it's fine. But I feel it's forgetting who you are. Yeah. It's forgetting the identity that you've made for yourself. I doubt people out there have given themselves a bad identity because they want to. Hmm. I think they do it because they just feel exhausted about how people think of them. But like yeah. I'm telling you right now, you are forgetting who you are as a person if you succumb to the weaknesses of believing what other people say about you in a shameful yeah. or negative way. You can mm -hmm. rise above it. And if you remember who you are, man, it's very hard for life to beat you if you believe in yourself. Because here's the thing, mm -hmm. even if you lose, you have the ability to learn from that, but still love yourself, still take care of yourself, still get mm -hmm. better. Remember, man, a loss isn't a loss if you learn a lesson from it. That's right. You know, because we're not, we're not in the cage right now, you know what I'm saying, man? So I You're hope right. that helped. I think the whole the whole conversation has helped. I I have I'm so excited that we could share you and your message to our audience. I think they're gonna get a lot out of it. Uh, I know I did. Alex, uh, although he seemed to be judging us the whole time, Clearly. I think he got a lot out of it too. Uh, and and look, there's a dot dot dot. There's an ellipse uh, uh, ellipsis on the end yeah. of this because yeah. we're coming back to it. And like oh, I said, we'll take no, yeah, dude. We we have to. Um, I'm excited by your message. I'm excited by who you are. It's great to finally meet you in person. Um, thanks for being here. I assure you, it's the not, not even being humble. The, the pleasure and the privilege has been completely on this side of the table, man. Thank mm. you so much. Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project, and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high-quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E, print, P-R-I-N-T, dot com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E, print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you.